Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, as always, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. And before we get rocking and rolling with today's episode, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting to props and future bets. So, Head on over to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use your promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So let's get into today's episode as we sit here on a beautiful Wednesday evening. And hopefully you guys are tuning in, whether it's Thursday, Friday, or you're in the weekend preparing for Washington's preseason week two matchup against Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs. We're going to go into the matchups to watch out for, players to look out for in week two. But first, I want to recap a little bit, if you didn't tune in yet, to last week's episode on Sunday, recapping Washington's 23-21 loss in week one of the preseason to the Carolina Panthers, where there were a ton of positives on both sides of the ball, obviously. Brian Robinson, Sam Howell on the opposite side of the ball, Federian Mathis, former UDFA Stephen Parker in the secondary stood out, Jamin Davis, everything's slowing down for him at the second level. There are a lot of positives to come out of Washington's matchup against Carolina, and that's what they have to continue to be able to do going into week two against Kansas City. We will dive in to the Chiefs' roster where they have a ton of rookies to look out for on Saturday afternoon when Washington heads out to Arrowhead and faces them at 4 o'clock Easter on Saturday afternoon. Another unique time. Washington just faced Carolina at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Now a 4 o'clock matchup a week later against the Chiefs. So for me, a few guys, again, I will have my eyes on. Where Where else can you start other than Brian Robinson Jr.? I would not be surprised. Now, we haven't heard any inklings from Ron Rivera yet this week of Brian Robinson taking starters reps over Antonio Gibson when it comes to game time. Brian Robinson has earned one's reps with the team in practice this week, more so than usual. He's been doing that for a while now, but more so now after what we saw against Carolina when Antonio Gibson put the ball on the ground once again, and Brian Robinson enjoyed his success, including a rushing touchdown near the goal line. But moving into week two, it's just building on what he's already done. And if he's able to get three, four series of work and Brian Robinson's able to stay in there for a quarter and even show some more juice as a pass catching option or we know he's going to stick his face in and pass pro, I would like the offense to continue to expand as we move in closer to week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars and let Carson Wentz sling it down the field a little bit more. Week one was very vanilla. It was a lot of short to intermediate routes from the tight ends and hit your running backs out of the backfield. I want to see him deliver to Terry McLaurin. I want to see him deliver on time to Jahan Dotson, get him involved in the game plan. 
Get De'Ami Brown involved. Get Cam Sims involved. A lot of the names that we're going to be hearing as we move in to the regular season and to the meat of the year, we move into the later parts of this fall of who's going to be producing on the outside for Washington. And what better ones to do it than the Chiefs defense that now by no means are they you know, expected to be one of the top five units in football, but they're looked upon as a group to keep teams under 25, keep teams under 30 and let Patrick Mahomes do his thing and light up the scoreboard every single week because they want to outscore people. But the Chiefs have talent on defense, and this is where I want to start, is with their rookies. They drafted Trent McDuffie, corner out of Washington in the first round. They also drafted George Karlaftis, an edge rusher out of Purdue that I was very high on. The industry wasn't as high on him as I was, just considering that you look at the top of the draft and Aiden Hutchinson, David Ajabo was drafted by the Ravens a little, little later on after you know he fell a little bit after tearing his Achilles. Just those kind of those sexy edge rushers. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Jermaine Johnson, those names headlined the edge class this year, and they were extreme athletes. They they could jump out of the gym. They looked good in the forty. That's not George Karlaftis. And looking at George's skill set coming out of Purdue is very very similar of Ryan Kerrigan coming out of school. And now I'm not going to say it just because he came out of Purdue and had similar success. Now Ryan was an All American at Purdue. George Karlaftis was not. But just how they won and how George Karlaftis is going to make his money at the NFL level and what he's been able to do in their first preseason game and then what he's been able to do in camp, converting speed to power and winning within the technical portions of the edge spot, encountering counters, working to the inside, working to the outside, overpowering linemen at times. He's very acutely detailed and he has an approach to every single pass rush rep that he has. It's very detailed. And when you sit back and look that Karlaftis is still relatively new to the game, coming over from Greece just in high school, he didn't play football as an ankle biter or peewees, little league, whatever you want to call it, as eight, nine-year-old. He didn't do that. He came over to America in high school and started to learn the sport just five, six years ago. He's still new to the sport, which is scary with his potential, and then you add him within a Chiefs defense that's going to get after it within the interior, headlined by Chris Jones. They have some bodies up front that's going to give this Washington front five a run for their money. Now, it also brings me to who are we going to see along the front five? We've seen Chase Roulier miss time this week. Trey Turner, we saw Sam Cosby slide into guard and Cornelius Lucas come back. He's activated now off of Pup, slide in at right tackle. It's going to give Washington's front five a little bit of, you know, some better bump. Carolina had some guys. Kansas City's got some guys. We're in the NFL now. Right? Everyone can play. And it doesn't matter if you're facing twos, threes. Everyone is in the NFL. And now, granted, I always talk about on here, take it with a grain of salt, the success that you see in preseason. Because the regular season and when games count with win and loss column, that's what ultimately matters. And the production that you have in live game reps. But for Sam Cosme, for Charles Leno, Facing George Karlaftis on the edge is going to help them get better. For Rulier, if he plays. For Turner. For Andrew Norwell. Facing guys like Chris Jones, a pro bowler within the interior, is only going to help them. Then you look on the outside. The Chiefs lost Javarius Ward to the Niners this offseason. But they signed, they drafted McDuffie out of Washington. One of the most alpha mentality corners in the entire 2022 draft class. Not the biggest guy in the world, 
Not the most physically overpowering individual. He's not going to blow you out of the water with numbers like a Tariq Woolen or a Sauce Gardner. A lot of names that you guys heard throughout the draft process from here on the pod as we went through kind of previewing Washington's draft. But he is someone that is a film rat. Consistently just looks at the detailed processes like Karlaftis to have an advantage over the opponent every single situation he plays through his head before he actually gets it on the field. So he's going through certain situations three, four, five times in his head and on film and how he approaches film. And then he gets on the field and it's just clockwork. It's muscle memory. And Trent McDuffie is someone that has stood out in camp for them and is someone that's going to be featured as a CB1, CB2, opposite of Legereus Sneed this fall. He's going to be thrown into the fire of a wild and crazy arms race to the top that is the AFC West. He's going to be covering guys like Devontae Adams in Las Vegas. He's going to be covering Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy in Denver. He's going to be covering Keenan Allen and Mike Williams in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Those names are top tier, tier one of the NFL's wideouts. And now, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Deami Brown, they're going to get, get work against him. And that's good bump. That is... I can't even tell you the last time the the Washington played the Chiefs in a preseason game. Obviously, last year they faced them in the regular season and got their their doors blown off a little bit, taken behind the barn and and spanked around a little bit. But now as we go into the preseason and get work with a lot of the younger guys and they have talent on the opposite side of the ball, it's going to be a good bump. It's going to be good work as we move into kind of a dynamic of you saw Carolina and their franchise, their organization kind of – towards the bottom of the league right now, even though they have talent. And then you go into Kansas City. It's a completely different organization run by Andy Reid. Well, they've had a ton of success, and they'll enter 2022 as another Super Bowl contender with Patrick Mahomes under center. Another rookie I want to talk about for Kansas City, which I'm extremely excited to see Washington's starters and twos work against, is Isaiah Pacheco. I'm extremely excited about it. I recently wrote an article on him at thedraftnetwork.com. If you want to check out my written work, everything is housed over there. An extremely dynamic, fast ball carrier, built like a Mack truck. Someone that's not 6'1", 6'2", about 5'10", 5'11", 200 plus pounds, ran 4'3", at the combine, has every, every little bit of burst that you'd hope for and be able to create out of the backfield, and... We know that the Chiefs have a need for speed, wherever they are. And after losing Tyreek Hill, yeah, they still have Nicole Hardman. They brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. They brought in Marcus Valdez-Scantling. They still have Travis Kelsey. They signed Ronald Jones in the backfield. They still have Clyde Edwards. He'd lair as their RB1 right now. But Pacheco has been a dominant performer in camp and got limited work in their first preseason game because he is going to be that featured back for them this year and get a lot of touches. Now, am I saying that he's going to out-touch Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I don't think so. Not right now. But is he someone that's going to get the ball in his hands because of the ability that he's shown early in camp and that burst that he has to the outside and how creative the offensive minds of Andy Reid and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy are? He will get plenty of touches. And this is only going to make Cole Holcomb, Jamin Davis, working to the outside, Safety's coming down in the box. Bobby McCain, Percy Butler, Cam Curl. Those guys are going to be tasked when a Pacheco gets out of the backfield making plays on those types of guys. It's going to be them. It's going to give them a nice kind of evaluation period 
as far as how does Washington's defense stack up this fall to the NFL's elite? Because this year is different than last year. There's different bodies on Washington's every single level of the defense, as it is for Kansas City. It's been a lot of talk about Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, how the departure of Tyreek Hill to Miami is going to change that offense from a spacing perspective. His speed, is he going to be able to consistently, for Travis Kelsey, how is his space going to be at the intermediate levels of the offense? Is it going to be Nicole Hardman in that Tyreek Hill role now? Who knows? Week one, as we move into the regular season, we'll tell about the Chiefs. But, you know, we only have one more game left after this week for preseason work. So I don't think Patrick Mahomes will be on the field a lot. You know, I don't think Andy Reid is that type of guy to keep him out there for even three, four series. He may get one series and call it a wrap. I think we all know what number 15 brings to the table. But this is going to be a nice challenge for Washington, just considering that the bodies and talent that Kansas City has on both sides of the ball and specific spots for the commanders of where they're looking to find some pop, specifically on defense at linebacker from a depth perspective, David Mayo, Kalik Hudson, Nathan Gary, at the corner spot. I want to see Benjamin St. Just get some reps against Hardman, Smith-Schuster, and Valdez-Scantling. I want to see some more reps from Christian Holmes and Corn Elder, Danny Johnson play a little better. And then even in the back end with the safeties, Jeremy Reeves. Get some guys, get guys some work. Percy Butler. This is going to be a great week of work. Am I expecting Washington to go in there and, and blow them out? No, this is a preseason. If they, if they lose 35 nothing. Maybe got a little bit of worries, but they go in there and compete. I think they will because you look at the quarterback position for Washington. They're going to have three guys that compete and lead them down the field to success, which also leads me to Sam Howell. I want him to get some work with the ones and twos. I don't know how much work Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke are going to get this week. And right now, if I'm Taylor Heineke, I'm looking over my shoulder because Sam Howell is right in my rearview mirror after what he did against Carolina. Sure, a lot of, you know, some rushing touchdowns, ability to create with, create with his legs. You want to see him pump it down the field a little bit with his arm, but that only comes with the expansion of the playbook. And Sam Howell showed the ability towards the back end of that fourth quarter when Scott Turner kind of did a couple different things with the intermediate to deeper, you know, 15, 20 yards down the field from a conceptual standpoint with his receivers, throwing some different looks and, and for that back end of that Panthers defense. Sam Howell can can holster that workload that Turner wants to deploy this week. I'm extremely excited for Sam Howell because I, I want him to potentially get some reps thrown to Jahan Dotson, Cam Sims, Deami Brown. I don't think Terry's going to get a lot of work this week. I don't. I think his rapport needs to be developed with Carson Wentz, and that comes with live reps. But we are still in week two of the preseason, and there remain a lot of open spots for reps at quarterback. That's not one. It's Carson Wentz and, and Taylor Heineke as your one-twos locked in right now, especially with Wentz at one. But if Howell only continues to improve both with his arm and between his ears and with his ability that we've seen for him to create with his lower half, he's only going to move up the depth chart. And we know what Taylor Heineke can do. He's one of the best backups in the NFL. But that's a good problem to have. If you have to ask Sam Howell to sit for 17 games this year and learn behind those two and come into next year where if they want Taylor to walk and if if Wentz is back, sit behind Wentz as the backup and work from there. That may be the best case scenario. We will see. Time 
always figure it always figures it out, right? Time will always tell. And the cream always rises to the top. We always understand that. We always know that. That's one thing about the NFL. Time tells everything. And as much as it is about the running back spot right now with Antonio Gibson and last few years of him being a dynamic back, one of the top running backs in the NFC, and one of the most versatile talents really in the whole entire NFL, putting the ball on the ground is going to end you up on the sideline. And you get talents like Brian Robinson, who is first year, doesn't matter. Ron Rivera's talked about it. You want competition. That's how he's evolved this culture. You can come in and play, you're going to play. This isn't a scenario where, like in high school, where the senior is going to play on varsity just because he's a senior, even though the freshman is better. No. If the freshman is better than the senior, he's going to play. And Brian Robinson and Sam Howell are two guys, two rookies, that are going to have potentially a, a more so Robinson right now. But down the road, Sam Howell, if he only continues to improve, can't keep him on the sideline. Got to let him play in these games and let him compete and let him show you what you really have. He's going to have to learn. He's going to take his bumps. He's not going to come in right away and throw for 350 and four touchdowns and lead Washington to a 30-point win over Dallas and Dallas. It's probably not going to happen right now. Maybe, you know, we're kind of over our heels a little bit. But there are expectations for these rookies, especially in 2022, when we've seen rookies in the last few years. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Justin Herbert, these guys that come into the league and dominate. Joe Burrow, from from year one on. And I'm not saying that's going to be Brian Robinson this year or any of Washington's rookies. But there are no, there's, there's no more grace periods for first-rounders, second-rounders, third-rounders to come in and sit and have rotational roles. I talk about that with Fredarian Mathis a lot. He was a second rounder this year. And even though I had a fourth, fifth round grade on him, a late fourth to be exact, he's a second rounder. And he showcased well in week one. He should only improve because of who he's working under and John Allen, Ron Bain, Warren Sapp, Brian Kerrigan, been learning from them the last few weeks. That should only help him. And the success that he had at Alabama. He has to be productive this year with Matt Ioannidis, and Tim Settle, both gone. So there's just a lot of things to look forward to in week two. I know the preseason, even though it's only three weeks now, it still drags on a little bit. And we're all excited for week one against the Jaguars. But there's a ton to look forward to. But I'm going to throw out three quick names that, that I haven't talked about that I'm really excited to see. And one is Stephen Parker, the corner I talked about on last week's pod. I look for him to get some more snaps. He continues to play well. He'll only move up the depth chart. I want to see more of Chris Paul, the interior offensive lineman from Tulsa. I want to see him get some work. And as of right now, no Logan Thomas, no John Bates, no Cole Cole Turner. And Curtis Hodges is even banged up today at practice, per reports. I want to see more of Armani Rogers, a former quarterback convert from Ohio University, They did that with Logan Thomas. They're trying it again with Armani. We'll see if it works out. He was targeted a ton early in the game against the Panthers. Had four targets within the first two series from Carson Wentz. If all those guys are out, he should continue to get a ton of work. So those are three names. Parker, Rodgers, and Paul as three guys in week two that I will have red dotted as we move forward into week two of the preseason against the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's going to wrap up today's pod. Just a quick cutter for you guys previewing this week's matchup. We will have a pod for you out on Saturday evening, recapping the Kansas City game. As always, 
I appreciate you guys tuning in. This pod is brought to you and presented by our friends at Bet Online. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcast. Leave a comment, review, share it to your friends. Let everybody know. Burgundy Gold Faithful everywhere. I know a lot of you out there are diehards no matter what happens on the field. You guys are still come around and, and support the Burgundy Gold, but there's a lot to be excited about this year. You guys can follow me on social media at underscore Ryan Fowler on Twitter. Again, all of my written work is housed at thedraftnetwork.com. Appreciate you guys always tuning in, engaging on Twitter. You guys are truly the best. I will talk to you guys following the game on Saturday. Enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the ball game on Saturday. I am Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.